The law was designed and given by God in order to save us, yes, but not through our obedience of it. Hello, you're listening to the Greek to Me podcast, a daily discovery of the New Testament scriptures one word at a time. We hope today's podcast helps you better understand and appreciate God's word. Hi, today's word is namas. In Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 17, Matthew records the words of Jesus. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. The word I want to draw here is the word law. That's the word namos in Greek, which means that which is assigned. Uh, Namos is a custom, or simply put, it's a law. It can mean the law taken generally as a whole, or it can refer to a particular decree. Biblically, namos often replies to the Mosaic law contained in the Pentateuch, or the first five books of our Old Testament. But as seen in our passage, the Mosaic law and all that is spoken by God's prophets and his apostles, even in the New Testament, is considered his law. God's law does far more than just tell us what to do, despite what many think. God's reasons for giving us his law are far more involved than that. The first thing that God's law does that we must see is that it reveals to us his holy character, who in himself perfectly displays and behaves according to the wisdom found in his law. This compels us to worship him. The next thing God's law does is it teaches us how we are to live in order to experience peace with God and the truly blessed life. This compels us to trust and obey him. Finally, the law acts as a mirror to show us our sin. This might seem a little ironic, but this is the active purpose of God's law for salvation. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6 that through the law comes the knowledge of sin. In my attempt to obey God's law, I'm repeatedly shown my need for forgiveness and for a Savior. This then compels me to repent. And this is how the law is used to save. The law was designed and given by God in order to save us, yes, but not through our obedience of it. The worship of God and the wisdom for living that God's word should promote in our lives, they they do not save apart from the repentance that the law is intended to inspire in us as well. James gets to the point, like few others in scripture do, when he writes, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. God demands here what he deserves, which is perfect obedience to his law. This is why Paul writes that all who depend on the law, for salvation that is, live under a curse. Because it's impossible to obey good enough, to obey well enough to receive and deserve salvation. Therefore, we can only be saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus' life of sinless obedience to the Father's law. Trusting that Jesus' righteousness is then credited to our moral bank account in the sight of God. It is in this way that we are, in fact, saved by the works of the law, just not ours, Jesus's. 
But this begs the question that Paul actually asks in Romans chapter 6, 1 and 2. He asks it hypothetically, kind of following the, the logical trail that one might have if they're thinking from a human perspective. He says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? And he answers his ridiculous question. He says, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it or walk in it? But we have been changed, is Paul's point, that now we love the Lord too much to take for granted his grace like that. The fact that God's law, his namas, doesn't save us is no excuse for antinomianism, which is anti-law or lawless living. Far from it, in fact. John writes in 1 John chapter 5, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments, and I love this, are not burdensome. Have you ever beaten a video game, right? If the gaming world is foreign to you, this means that you survive every level with your video game character and you beat the increasingly powerful bosses at the end of each level until you've completed the objective of the game. Or in the case of Super Mario, you've rescued the princess. Well, after you've beaten the game, you're supposed to go back through the game again, now with a little bit less urgency, and along the way, you're discovering unlocked secrets, and you're collecting treasures you weren't able to focus on previously. Similarly, it is only after we finally come to a place of repentance and faith because of our inability to keep the law that we can, in a sense, go back and finally enjoy how his law shows us his perfect character. And it is only after we no longer feel the weight of the law for salvation that we can say we love the truth of his law and we can say with John that his law is no longer burdensome or heavy. So Christian, do you delight in the law of God? Does the wisdom and goodness of God's law provoke worship in your heart for him? Are you happily compelled to obey him, convinced that his ways are higher and they lead to the truly blessed life? If not, ask yourself this question, am I trusting in my own obedience or am I trusting in Christ's righteousness for my own forgiveness of sin and salvation? Or maybe ask this, is my desire to obey God's law more about earning something or simply, happily responding to all that he has so graciously done for me in Christ? And so having been forgiven and declared righteous in Christ, may God's law lead us to worship him and walk in his wisdom.